If you didn't know, Hulu has a new look and experience that's more intuitive. You watch everything from Hulu originals like Harlots and Casual or Handmaid's Tale, which me and my wife are obsessed with Handmaid's Tale. It's so rad. Oh, you can also watch full seasons of, of things, all your favorites, Fargo, Blackish, Empire, all in one place with ease. And with a new option to add live TV, you can get limited commercials on the Hulu shows you love, as well as 50 plus live and on-demand channels starting at just $39.99. A month. You can watch sports channels like ESPN, FS1, regional sports news, other can't miss events, even record live TV with a cloud DVR. It's a great, great deal. Enjoy all of your TV in one place with the brand new Hulu experience. Go to Hulu.com to start your free trial today. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For as little as $32 a week, you can work with an experienced licensed therapist handpicked just for you. On Talkspace, you can send text, audio, and video messages to your therapist and talk about your life, work through what's keeping you up at night, or just work on feeling a bit happier. I'm a big advocate, mental health, whatever you got to do to take care of yourself, go for it. No shame. Sign up, learn more, go to Talkspace.com beautiful. And to show your support for this podcast, use code beautiful, get $30 off your first month. That's beautiful at Talkspace.com beautiful. Hello to all my translators being held hostage. It's beautiful anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one on one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hey everybody, it's Chris Gethard here. Hope you're doing well. Another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. You can hear my voice a little, a little gravelly. Guess what? I'm, I'm just coming off the road, baby. I'm back in New York. Back in New York after two weeks out on the road, meeting all you guys face to face. Starting in Vancouver, we made our way all over North America, and it was, it's been so cool to shake your guys' hands. Thank you for listening. And also, good huggers. That's one thing I've learned about the Beautiful Anonymous fans out there are people who enjoy a good and at times inappropriately long hug. Thank you for all the hugs. Listen, if you, uh, if you do want to see us, we're back one night only. This, this episode's dropping Tuesday, June 13th. Final show, Asbury Park, New Jersey. There are still tickets left. I need Jersey to step up. I'm, I've been telling everybody, man, Jersey's my hometown. We're going to sell this out. Looks like we're not going to sell it out. I have to be humble about it. That's okay. We don't have to sell out. Point being, though, if you're in Jersey, you're nearby, you get to Asbury Park. We got two shows at House of Independence. ChrisGeth.com. You can get tickets right now. I want to have a blowout. I want to party on the boardwalk after we finish this tour. It's going to be like Bash at the Beach, man, like the old WCW wrestling event. We're going to have a Bash at the Beach. If you're downloading this the day it comes out, it's tonight. Get yourself to Jersey. Tell your boss, hey, I'm getting out of here early, cutting out early. Got to go party and get emo and listen to a phone call. I'll see you tonight at Asbury Park. It'll be good. Last week's episode was one of our uh, one of our live episodes from the tour. We uploaded that from the road. It was from Portland, the Helium Comedy Club. A lot of feedback from people saying it was a, an extremely funny episode, which I greatly appreciate. There's also a lot of feedback from people saying that they felt bad for the caller and that they, they weren't too thrilled on me. I want to go ahead and say it's valid. I get it. I don't disagree. A lot of people saying that with the live crowd there, they could feel that I needed to entertain that crowd and maybe the caller had a less intimate experience. A lot of people saying they felt like I threw the initial caller under the bus saying she dropped the ball and that uh, her sister saved it and that I was pandering to the crowd a little bit. I think there's some truth to that. I'm not going to argue with you. I think if you ever see one thing we've all learned from this tour, if you see me uh, tweet it out, tweet out the picture and there's a big crowd behind me, you know you're getting a slightly different experience. And I've learned that. 
and I do want to apologize to the 24-year-old caller from the Portland call. If you felt put upon. In my heart, in my gut, what I felt on stage that night was that she and I were in it together. We both felt that tension. We were laughing about it. My hope is that it felt like there was camaraderie there. But I understand listening to it. It seemed harsher than a normal call. And uh, for anybody who wasn't into that, I get it. Uh, I do think it was funny. I do think the live calls are funny. I think we're going to put some more out there in the world. We're going to tell you in the coming weeks how you guys can get access to all of them. Some people don't want them. Some people do. We're going to figure that out. We'll let you know. And uh, they've been a, a, a really wonderful time. And, and uh, that Baltimore one in particular, when you guys hear that one, ooh, you're going to lose your minds. Now, let's talk about this week's call because I am so excited, and I have been so excited. We've been sitting on this one for a month or two, but we got to get this one right because it's one of the most special calls that's ever happened, if you ask me. I always remind myself, I am so lucky I get to do this. I get to talk to people who live so differently than I do. And it's a blessing. It's a blessing to see that there's people from all different walks of life. And I always figured certain types of people who I'm never going to be able to talk to. Because maybe they don't know about podcasts. Maybe maybe they come from different circumstances where that's just not a factor in their lives. And I'll, I'll say I was a little ignorant. There's The college today comes from a world where I just thought that there's no way they consume a podcast. How could they? Um, I was wrong. I was totally wrong, and my mind was blown, and I'm glad it was blown. I got to hear about a life that I didn't ever think I'd get the insider's look at. I'm I'm so grateful that it happened. It's a really cool, crazy thing that I got to participate in. I'm so psyched about it, and I think you're going to be psyched about it too. I got fired up. We got so fired up here at Earwolf that we're actually doing a thing. I want to put this out here. End of the episode, we're selling a piece of merchandise. It ties into the episode you're about to hear. Some of you guys turn off the episodes before the outros. This week, I'm just asking you, as a favor to me, stick around, hear about this thing. I'm not making any money off of this piece of merchandise. It's towards a greater purpose. It relates to this call. I'm so psyched. I don't want to say too much. I've been talking too much already. It's one of my favorite calls. I think it's going to be one of your favorite calls too. Let's get into it. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hi. Oh, hi. How's it going? It's okay. How about you? I, I can't complain. <laughs> That's good. Sounds like we're on the same page about that one. Yeah, for sure. But uh, actually, Chris, there's something I have to explain to you right off the bat before we get too far in this conversation. Um, so this voice that you're hearing right now is actually not who you're going to be speaking to today. Um, the person that wants to speak to you happens to be deaf, and uh, he wanted to have a conversation with you. So I'm just a good friend to this person who agreed to make this conversation go as smoothly as possible. Wow, that's... Yeah. That so okay. That's head spinning. So so okay. This is cool. So let me. So the logistics. I'm so so. I'll speak and you you speak sign language. You'll pass on what I say, and your friend will let you know what, how to respond. Is that how this works? Exactly. So while you're speaking, I'll rely it to him and sign. He's gonna sign back to me, and I will hand off the new information to you. Wow. Okay. This is exciting. And this, uh, right away, I, sh I feel like we should all just say like, this is, uh, this is an experiment that I haven't done before and that I bet, I bet you haven't. So the pacing of this one might be a little different than what our, our listeners are, are, uh, are used to, but I think anybody listening would be excited to give it a chance. So that's cool. So uh, yeah. So just want to let you know, I set it up for him. So from this point on, it's anything he said, not from me. Great. Great. 
thank you for thank you for doing this. This is a uh, this is really this is exciting. Oh, anytime. So, do you are you a regular? Um, so, so, so as far as far as the podcast itself, it, I, I, I don't want to be um, insulting in any way. It is an audio medium. I'm a little surprised um, to have someone who's who's hearing impaired reach out just because of that. Maybe you can let me know how you came to know the show. Yeah, I figured that was what was going to catch your attention. <laughs> so when I called in, I explained that. Um, I am actually a fan of this podcast, and I know some other work he's done. Uh, so for me, what I do to hear podcasts is uh, I send it out to get translated into English. So I read all your podcasts. Um, there's services that will do that for me. Wow. that I want to apologize for the amount of ums and likes and so's you've had to read. Also, the amount of times that I get excited, ask a question, then reiterate it like three or four times before I let the person answer. I feel like I infuriate myself with that. You may be more than any other consumer of this show. I just want to apologize because you take it on the chin harder than anybody when it comes to that. Uh, honestly, I haven't even noticed that, but now you pointed it out, I'm going to read through again and probably judge you a little bit. But honestly, reading through, your podcast is one of the best to read through. Because it's a phone conversation. It's just nice back and forth, nice back and forth. I've tried other ones. Uh, like I enjoy comedy. And uh, like Comedy Bang Bang is so hard to read, even though I really enjoy it at times. But I know I'm missing like more than half the jokes out of just the context is so different when it's spoken. But uh, no, actually, uh, this podcast is like my fun read during the week uh, and just getting to hear all these different stories. It's, it's really awesome. So I'm sure it's great to listen to, but I have a great time reading it as well. <laughs> That's very cool. Thank you. So maybe let me know, you know, as, as you know, from, from reading the transcripts, I like to just get into it. So um, as always, anything that you don't want to answer, just tell me buzz off that's fine have you been were you were you were you born deaf is this something that happened in the course of your life maybe you can just let me know like the background yeah of course um just so you know deaf people are really blunt so don't ever worry about asking the wrong questions i'd rather you just put it out there we're blunt people we're very forward so uh i think you'll probably notice that within this conversation um yeah, so actually, I was born hard of hearing. Um, I used to wear hearing aids, and at that time, growing up, I would say I would would have more had like a hearing perspective on life. Um, but then around age six, I got sick, and the rest of my hearing went. So I've been deaf ever since like six years old. Wow, that's that must be pretty brutal for a a six year old kid to have to uh, to have to figure out that new world that, 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 what a, I feel like that's like, like just, just old enough that you can understand what's going on and not nearly old enough to be able to process that. Oh, uh, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I already had some hearing loss, so I already could tell I was different. I just didn't understand why or how, like I just didn't have an identity of being deaf or hard of hearing. And then when it happened, 
I knew, like, I could tell in that time I was different, that there was a change. I just didn't understand what it was because I wasn't surrounded by that um, culture yet. So I don't know. It wasn't so much a shock of it happening. It was just more of the community around me didn't know what to do with me. Right. So, so that was probably the harder part. So even though you were hard of hearing, you, your parents, had, you, weren't, you weren't in a school um, or, or, or in, in classes, you know, dealing with that. This was something that when it, when it went, when it, when it became a full-fledged thing, it, it was now you have to kind of get in the deep end on that. Yeah, exactly. So beforehand, I was uh, just in a public school. And then when I lost my hearing, I continued in the public school for about two years. And I just noted I couldn't keep up. Um, and also, I wasn't fluent in sign at the time, so it wasn't like even having an interpreter would have made a difference. Um, so I basically had to drop out of school, and then they put me into a, a deaf program where I started, like, back to the beginnings and uh, caught myself back up to what, like, a six-year-old should know at that time. And then I stayed in a deaf school all the way up until, like, uh, in college level. Wow, and then when you when you go to college, because I, I I was totally overwhelmed and scared and depressed by college, and I I I have all five of my senses. Like it's just such a radical life change to to go to go from a, a, a at that point what a 10, 11 years of of schooling that is um, you know designed to to help with. This issue into college that must be that must have been the most overwhelming stretch in the world. Uh, yeah, I mean, I found college overwhelming, but honestly, it wasn't the death part. It was just like social anxiety and like being new, like just being like I'm I'm a big dork, so I, I just felt <laughs> like it was kind of hard to fit in in that way. The death part, if anything, I was like, ah, oh, people are always interested to learn sign, and like, I, you know, if anything, I used it to my advantage. To, uh, with the ladies, to be honest, but nah, I, the signing part wasn't what scared me. It was just like being away and being on my own. Um, at that point, I was used to being like, uh, I mean, yes, I went to deaf schools, but I still had a world of all these hearing people around me that didn't know sign that I had to deal with all the time. So it wasn't like a new situation for me, but I know for some people in the deaf community, that absolutely would be. Now I got to we got to pump the brakes a little bit. I got to bring it back to mm -hmm. something you said. In what way were you using your deafness as a tool with the ladies? Because that sounds like you really went big on some baller shit. Uh, all right. I guess I'll tell you my tools I use. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, right away you could tell it was deaf. And everyone gets excited and be like, oh, how do you sign this? How do you sign that? So I became cool in that matter. <laughs> um, I also had like party tricks I would do to like break the ice. One of my favorite ones I would do, <laughs> I call it the party trick, was um, I would have a friend or so or a girl maybe I was interested in to like try to make her laugh. I'm always about making her laugh. I would get her to like, I'd be like, hey, watch this. And then I would find a circle of people that I didn't really know yet that were in conversation. And I would just walk up and kind of like nod along, kind of join the conversation, make it seem like I knew what was 
And I would on purposely try not to read their lips and that because I just wanted to go in blind. And then I would just blurt out the most random thing I could think of in that time. <laughs> and just like, and uh, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but people found that hilarious. And then I'd walk away and then I'd go back to them and be like, how funny was that? Wow. <laughs> Some reason it worked. Now hearing out loud, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, it's really not that funny. <laughs> no, that's pretty funny. Pretty funny. And and do, do you get those moments when like when you're like, you know, when it is working, when you're vibing with a girl, you're alone, and then she has does she have to just ask, like, how do I sign? I'm ready to take this to the next level. And then you have to like teach her. Do you ever have a moment where you're it's like ghost with Patrick Swayze and the sculpting where you're like you're doing it wrong, you stand behind her and take her hands and mold them into the shape of the correct signage? Yeah, usually, no, <laughs> no, no, to be honest, no, I mean, um, like I said, I'm pretty used to like hearing culture, so I read, I read lips pretty well, and um, I do use vocals, so uh, a lot of people will just ask more of curiosity, but honestly, a lot of people will like, will forget while I'm talking, I'm like, look away, and that's when I have to be like, hey, just, you know, look at me when you talk, that's all, and uh but other than that, no, it's more like people just be interested um, uh ask questions about like what it's like to be deaf or uh, a, a question I used to get asked all the time, like, do you dream and sign? And <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. Sometimes they were great and funny. Other times I'm like, oh, this is just arrogant. And I don't know. I would stand up for myself more compared to back then. I just be like, whatever, it's a cute girl. Whatever she wants to say, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I know you just brought it up as the example of an ignorant question, but I've never thought about it before. Do you dream and sign? I, I apologize to immediately ask, but I've never thought about that in my life. Uh, yeah, I would say I do. Um, yeah, whenever I'm dreaming, if someone's communicating with me, I just picture it and sign because that's how I communicate. Uh but again, I'm only talking about me. I can't talk for any other deaf person in the community about their dreams and what they're doing. So, right. but yeah, I always say, yeah, I basically dream and sign. And they, like, I get asked even if that person doesn't know sign. And I'm like, yeah, I fill it in for them. <laughs> wow. Now I've read, you know, I, I, t I tend to read a ton because I'm, I'm a nerd that way. And, and there is, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain that there's a school for the hearing impaired in my neighborhood because very often on the subways um, at certain times of day, there'll just be a lot of kids um, signing to each other. And it's, it's clear that there's a school situation. I've read, and again, total ignorance. I'm not asking you to speak for everyone in your community. I have read that there's a, maybe a trend, and, and you might be able to fill me in more, that, that sometimes there is almost like a, um, like a level of anger in the deaf community towards the hearing community that the hear, hearing community doesn't necessarily realize exists. Is, do you know what I'm referring to? Yeah, that's definitely some point views. I mean, it's, I knew this would go into topics of talking about like deaf culture and deaf community. Um, it's just hard because I can only talk from my perspective and my personal experiences, but um, yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's just, there's a lot of times it's, uh, I want to put it more. It's not so much about not being seen, but not realizing our needs and just, uh, 
I mean, again, I'm looking at this more of like adult point of view now, but simple things like little things I need to get my job done during the day and um, having things written out or interpreters or um, just one-on-one time, sometimes it just gets cut and people like will just forget and act like, well, you'll figure it out and not realizing when you have that kind of attitude, I miss out on what you need me to know. And it just feels bare and vulnerable. And it does kind of feel like you're not being seen at times. And that can, yeah, that definitely is rough, especially if you're like a kid. Um, and I, I totally know what school you're talking about too. So yeah, you, you live in New York City, right? Yeah, I live in Jackson Heights, Queens. Yeah, okay. There's a huge, yeah, there's a big deaf school in Queens. Um, I know of and that. And it also depends on what kind of culture you grew up around. Like sometimes there's communities that are like hardcore strong deaf where there's a lot of deaf people in that area. And uh, they all support each other. Like you could go to the grocery store or to the doctor or anywhere and everyone knows sign. So those people kind of live in their own little bubble of a deaf friendly environment. And then you have other environments where you can't even get the help and support to learn sign that you're expected to just be oral and to relit. So there's such a huge spectrum of what is available and not available in the deaf community. So there's definitely people that get frustrated easily with the lack of resources. I also have to wonder, too, on a social level, you know, it, I, I've never thought about this before, but I would imagine someone who learns to live their life through visual cues, sign language, but also things like eye contact are important, body language. You must maybe, I, I would imagine there, is it fair to say, like, there must be some level at which you're perceiving those things at a, a, a different way. And a lot of people's instinct when they're around someone different is to demonstrate discomfort. Do you see other people's discomfort? in a way, I wouldn't, does it, does it, I, I don't know. I don't want, it's a sad question, but like, does it just come through clear and hurt a little bit more? Or is that just me thinking too hard about this? It's, hmm, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's hurt. I rather people be curious and ask questions. I think it's where it's coming from. If you're coming from a place of like, oh, you're different than me, let me get to know that, I'm more than happy to share uh, my experience with you. If it's coming from more of this, like the most annoying thing to me is when uh, I tell someone, oh, hey, I'm deaf, and they say, I'm sorry. Why? I'm not sorry. I love who I am. Like, fuck you. I, I like, this is great. And uh, yeah, we definitely have a different perspective. And I think that's why deaf community has actually grown in the last couple of years with like popularity in like media and, um, you know, there's been like Broadway shows using sign more. And uh, I think on like there's TV shows that short show more deaf people and stuff. So I feel like we're becoming more visible and that's helping um, but I still, I always get that feeling with a certain amount of people that will always feel apologetic. And that's the thing that feels so weird is why they feel apologetic. I also just realized I curse and I 
tried really hard to tell myself not to because I am a mama's boy and I know you said your mom listens to this. So <laughs> sorry, Sally. That's amazing. That's amazing. You just so so you just used sign language to say the phrase sorry, Sally. Did you have to spell out the S A L L Y? That is I I think my mom will be uh very touched by that. <laughs> yeah, I did have to spell her name, but um actually the girl voice that you're hearing right now, we uh connected beforehand and we came up with some uh to help with the speed, we came up with some signs. So you know, we came up with a sign for podcasts, for Chris, for Sally, so we can know quicker who we're referencing. Right, right. So for Sally, we just did a did a sign for mom, but the letter S, so she knew I was talking about your mom. S mom, <laughs> Sally is the S mom. Let's everybody S-mom. spread everybody <laughs> spread word. Now there is something since you did because it is you know there is there is this layer of um you know of so, of someone sort of um, translating between two two mediums for us it did it does make me laugh there is a world in which you know you you are you are um you know a uh, a person who has a, a a female human speaking on your behalf you could conceivably make her say anything you want out loud on a a pretty a pretty popular podcast you you could she is honor bound to say anything you sign so there is i don't know you do you kind of are a puppet master right now Oh, I don't worry. I totally thought of that ahead of time. And I wondered, like, what can I make her say right now? Uh, I'll, I'll wait on that. I'm not going to push it too far. <laughs> Real but... Hey, we got, we got 40 minutes left. So don't, um, don't forget me to, don't forget to tell me to loop back around to that one. I also have to say the nervous, the nervous giggle at the end of that. It's hard for me to discern whether that was you giggling with the anticipation of doing that or your translator giggling as she said out loud the plan you and I are formulating between us to uh to to get to abuse this level of uh, of trust and kindness oh that was all her just being nervous <laughs> <laughs> um but luckily we're really good friends and I even uh the best is when we <laughs> when we decided to do this um, something you should know about this girl is she's very sweet, good girl, good person. And when I decided maybe I'll give it a try and call it voicemail, I met up with her and she happened to be really drunk. And I never seen her ever in that level. That's not her norm. She's like not a drinker. So I was like, oh my God. And so I asked her, I was like, hey, let's call in. And she was overly confident like hell yeah <laughs> we called we left the voicemail and then i think it was a day or two days later i asked her i was like so they ever reach out and she was like who the hell are you talking about who, who, who? <laughs> she had so, no idea. she totally forgot and then when i reminded her she was so embarrassed <laughs> so there are three people effectively participating in this discourse right now and one of them was blackout drunk when it was all when it all came to be? Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> and now you also have the ability to force her to tell that story from your perspective. This is a very, this is a very fun thing to have at your disposal. I'm glad to be involved in this. It's making me giggle with a lot of glee. I never anticipated this being a part of my, my day today. <laughs> I'm glad it makes you happy because uh, it's definitely making me happy over here. 
And it's, it's something I wanted to point out too. It's, it's funny that you brought up the whole, um, you know, you're hearing this female voice and I am male <laughs> and you can probably tell from her, I'm sure sweet little gentle voice that she is this like white girl. And I'm also a black Puerto Rican man. So sometimes <laughs> yes. it's hilarious when you get an interpreter, you know, there's no way they can actually sound like who you are. <laughs> I think that's as good a point as any. We always have the audio uh, landscape of each episode. Now we can go build the visuals. Let's everybody go build our visual. And as you're putting in that brain work, another thing I want to seep into your brain is a word from our sponsors. They help make the show happen for free. Thank you to all of them for helping make that happen. And we'll be back soon with more phone call. Went on a little vacation, February. Don't go on vacation so often. And I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. I was at a resort. Don't do the resorts. And uh, about halfway through the vacation, my lovely wife turns to me. She goes, you know, I like this, but you know what I miss most of all? Sleeping in my Casper. She said it to me and she meant it because the Casper is rad. The Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It's got supportive memory foams, an award-winning sleep surface, just the right sink, just the right bounce. You try it for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up. They'll refund you everything. That's good customer service right there. Confidence in the product. It is earned. I sleep in one. I love it. They know. Casper knows you got to sleep on a mattress before you commit. You're going to spend a third of your life on this thing, okay? And there's free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada with over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars. It's quickly becoming the internet's Favorite mattress. I sleep on one. I love it. The fact that it has 4.8 stars is baffling. It's a five-star product. Whoever these people are that gave it anything but five stars, they are grumpy people not to be trusted. And their opinions, frankly, do not matter because the Casper is legit. Such a good mattress to sleep on. My wife has said she will never sleep on another type of mattress again. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com beautiful. Use the offer code beautiful. Terms and conditions apply. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Finding great talent can be tough. Thankfully, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then, their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anybody else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Okay, it does that work for you. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. There's no juggling emails, not a million calls to your office. All you got to do, you screen, rate, manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. One more time. You want to try it for free right now? You go to ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. Thank you to all the advertisers who helped make this show happen now. It's one of my favorite phone calls of all time. Let's get back to it. So sometimes yes. it's hilarious when you get an interpreter, you know there's no way they can actually sound like who you are. <laughs> Yeah, I, this girl's amazing. I'm not <laughs> trying to talk her down. Or <laughs> I knew she'd do a great job. Oh, my God. If you could see how red her face is right now. 
This is probably the weirdest job she's ever had to do. Ah, uh, so just because so so just because you can't hear uh, my laughter, I want to make sure that your translator describes it to you as how would I describe the laughter I just put out as a uh, an enthusiastic uh, an enthusiastic borderline scream level laugh that reveled in the social discomfort that the the young lady who is the middle person of this conversation has been forced into. Well, I have to say she's very professional. So when you are laughing, she does match the level of laughter you're creating. Um, I have to do with like expression in that. That is great. So So, apparently you just had a pretty big laugh there. (laughs) So just, just because we did open this door, I do wonder, so you said you are, you are uh, part black, part Puerto Rican male. Maybe you can let us know your height, your weight, just so we have a full image of of who uh of who i'm actually speaking to as juxtaposed to the very pixie-ish voice of a white girl that i am hearing um yeah sure okay hi uh i'm about six two um i weigh like 185 i'm like long skinny rail uh i i guess some people will say have a hipster look wear glasses I'm a big dork. I'm very nerdy. Um, and I think that comes clear easily from just me walking gangly into a room. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not sure how else to describe myself. But. No, sorry to put you on the spot there, but it's just the, the juxtaposition between uh, the, the, the voice and the image is, is giving me great delight. So thank you for that. So we're having fun. I want to make sure we have a lot of fun in this conversation because that's what I'm down for. You mentioned that you're into comedy. I want to talk about more, more about that. But before we do, just like informationally and just out of, of fascination and, and hearing a little bit about, you know, your background, some of the awkward ways people can behave, are, the, are there simple things, you know, most people don't want to put in effort. I know that I can get very lazy. I have a, a two-pronged question. Like average everyday people, are there simple things we can be doing that will just like make it a little easier for you and other deaf people we encounter. Are there like little simple things where it's like, Hey, this takes no effort and just do it. And then also for myself as an entertainer, I wonder, are there like simple things I can be doing? Like, you know, like it's, you know, sometimes I'll be doing a show. It's, it's like, it's, it's, I, I my instinct isn't book a translator and have them on hand for everything I ever do. Are there, are there simple effortless things where it's like, if you guys, if, if you just did this, I can't tell you how much it would mean to deaf people when you encounter them. Okay. Um, I think, from, okay, I'm going to start being entertainment-wise, because I am, I'm a big fan of entertainment. Um, honestly, like, little thing more people could do is just add captions to everything. If you have, like, I understand live is different, but if you, um, if you're making videos, if you're like a YouTube star and that just add captions that takes like no time at all. It's free to do. And you'll just all of a sudden open up the possibility of who will be watching you or connected to you. Um, that's a big one. I actually try to come see your, uh, Broadway show. I try to hire someone, uh, they couldn't do it. So I never got to see it, but I'm sure it was awesome even though it was the saddest title I've ever seen for a show, but, um, (laughs) and for the average person, 
I think patience is the main thing. It's just, you know, I, I mean, I live in a, I live in a city where everything's go, go, go. I live in a big city, so everything's go, go, go. And sometimes people will get frustrated over, you know, I understand I'm always adapting myself to work with the hearing world and I've accepted that and that's fine. I understand the world we live in is hearing. Um, but like people get frustrated at me for needing to take 10 extra seconds to write down my needs or write down my order or, and I, to me, I'm like, just be patient. It's fine. A smile. Like sometimes people will get frustrated or something where I'm like, why are you frustrated? Like, um, and then makes it uncomfortable for no needed reason. Cause I'm, ha- you know, I'm, I understand I'm not what you were expecting to deal with that day. And if you just smile and try to communicate to me like a human, as in just speak to me, like I have more than the highest respect for you out of just being a human being on this earth. Um, But some people will turn it into a big, either an insulting level of patronizing or frustration out of like, I don't want to deal with this. I'm not going to give you two, two seconds of my time. So, I don't know. Just be patient, people. Everyone's got their shit going on. Sorry, yeah, Sally. I, I imagine that would have to be, when people are impatient, there has to be, you know, very warranted moments of anger where you're like, hey, just so you know, it, this is, uh, it's, it's, believe me, for, for, as hard as the, for as hard as this simple transaction is on you, you're not the you're not the focus. It's not about you. That that ha- there have to there has to be a lot of feelings of that along the way. I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's not about you. And trust me, I have to deal with this shit over and over and over again every day. So if you can just for one moment realize, hey, they're going to go a different route than I'm used to, and just accept it as it is. And you actually might have some fun and learn something new out of it, too. So why get panicky and angry and frustrated just because I might write down something for you, hand it to you, and give you a thumbs up versus vocalizing it? I I will never be able to understand people that get frustrated on that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And also, when you just said you wanted to come see my show, that really broke my heart because... like, again, just, you know, the simple ignorance and getting caught up in my own pace. I did that show, what, all told 150 times in different iterations, probably 80 or 90 times off Broadway. And like, I never thought there was, I never thought once, hey, if we, I bet, I bet, I would, I would bet there are people more thoughtful than I who say, we're going to have a number of performances and uh, along the way, we're going to have a translator at some of them, we're going to advertise that. And I bet that means a lot of pe- to people. And I, I just, uh, as you said it, I was like, oh, that's a thing I could have done once that I bet would have meant a lot to some people. I don't even do that once. That sucks. Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of steps to this show. I wouldn't say you're the one that sucks, but uh, <laughs> uh, um, no, no. We're, I mean, honestly, uh, entertaining or entertainment interpreters is like a new world in general. So even there are a lot of interpreters out there that just don't have the skills to do uh, entertainment level interpreting. Um, I would say that's only become a popular request within the last four or five years. So there's still like a need for those. Um, And yeah, no sweat, whatever I tried, didn't work out. You didn't get my money. 
Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> you watch it on HBO, though. I'm HBO probably real good with the captions, I would imagine. That's a, that's a in my experience oh. with them, top shelf organization. Yeah, HBO is pretty great with uh, captions. And oh, my God, I didn't even know it's on there. So I'll have to catch up. Yeah, career suicide. Now you'll know more about it beyond just the depressing title. You'll get a full 90 minutes of ultra depressing content. <laughs> Great. When I need a good cry, you know, that kind of night where I just go, you know what, I'm just going to buy some wine, a bottle of wine for myself, sit down on the couch, let Chris depress me. Oh, that's good my to know bread. That's a choice now. That's my bread and butter. That's been my whole career for about 15 years. It's depressing people oh, and calling it, calling it comedy. I noticed. I think that's part of why I, I like your stuff. Thanks. Now, here's a thing I'm sensing, and I might be, re- be reading between the lines. Let me know if this is the case. You've described yourself as like a big dork a bunch of times. You say you're gla- you got glasses. You love entertainment. You love comedy. Have you, like, because also just in our interactions through this interpreter, like, you've made me laugh a whole bunch of times. Like, have, is there, have you thought, I'm just, I don't know if I'm just reading into it too much. Is there any part of you that's like wanted to entertain or do comedy? I'm just getting that sense that we might. Like demographically, outside of this one major difference, we seem like similar people, and I just have a hunch. Am I right or am I wrong? Um, I mean, I've never wanted to be an actor or anything, but what I do in my life is like, I mean, I do ASL performing. So, I, I mean, yeah, I guess I am. Uh, I'm more like, yeah, I, I, I don't want to give away too much because the few people I know listening to this will for sure know it's me. Um, I, I teach sign language in a performing arts way a lot. Like I have, ask ah, it. They're already going to know who I am. I have a, a piece where I perform. No, you know what? Nope, not going to say it. <laughs> People are gonna, no, never mind. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I I am in the entertainment world in a, in a little sense. And I'm very pop, popular is not the right word. Uh, well known. I'm well known in like the deaf community for my work. Um, I knew it. How did sorry, I know I'm just it? Put that there. We can just smell our own. I can smell another performer a mile away. I just knew it. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Thanks. So- yeah. Thanks. It's uh, uh, it's not a world I thought I would get involved in at all. But um, my signing style is considered really stylized. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know the right word to say for it, but. I, I'm the signing style I use is very storytelling at like all times. And people have noted, like I didn't even notice people had to tell me. Um, and so over time I started to make a career based off of it and based off of that career, I actually am my own boss. Now, like I have a company where I get to use that all the time. And this is my favorite shit. This is my favorite shit I've heard in a long time. Sorry, Sally. I think that's so cool. I think that's so cool. I often think about performing and so much of it is about the ego, right? So much of it is about like scrambling, but then what it's really about deep down is finding ways to connect with other human beings and not feel so alone and to hear that cuz I would have to imagine that the I would have to imagine that when you're young and your hearing disappears, the performing arts is one of the avenues that immediately feels cut off and that everybody stops talking about that. And and to hear that it does exist and you found your way into it. Like I am so impressed and so excited to hear that. It's rad. Yeah. Thanks. That's uh, 
That's really nice of you to say. Yeah, I I mean, it's not like I did theater growing up all my life or anything. When I was younger, I was more um I was more into comic books and and Star Trek. So, uh I was more busy in that world, but uh as I got older, how I found my way to like socialize and fit in and not you know, to make friends and uh, I, yeah, I kind of just turn into entertainment, I guess. Like, it's just funny because I don't, like, I, I'm talking to you and I, I see you as like a performer and entertainer and that. And I think of myself and I'm like, uh, no, like, I don't do that. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Well, I don't know if that's just because of a cultural difference that I can never totally understand or if it's a self-confidence thing, but I will say I sniffed you out as a fellow performer a mile away. So if there's some part of you that's like, I'm bashful about calling myself that, I would say, cut that shit out because it sounds like you're bringing it. And I knew it. I won. Here's a thing I wonder. I got a million dollar idea. And I think you and I should team up on this one. And probably somebody's already done this. Has there ever been a performance? Because I would imagine um, when you're performing in this world, is it largely performing for deaf audiences? Um, it's a mix. Uh, yeah, it's made a lot of it's deaf, a lot of it's um, interpreters, CODA. There's a lot of different people that show interest in this world. Sometimes it's like students learning sign for the first time. Um, but at all performances, I always uh, include an interpreter. So it's open to hearing in deaf world. Um, ha- so it's always translated. Have you ever done performances or has anyone ever done performances where it is a, a deaf audience and then one to two um, fully hearing people invited to understand. I, I, would, I would actually pay a lot of money to attend a performance in sign language for an audience where I was the only person who didn't know sign language to understand the experience of what I would imagine 90% of your entertainment experiences are. If that hasn't happened, I want to make that happen with you. Oh, Chris, done and done. Game is on. I, I'll make this happen. Has, has anybody wanna, done like, that I before? I understood that you want to be the only hearing person there, and you just want a bunch of deaf people signing around you, and you got to figure out what's going like a murder mystery style or something. You got to figure out what the fuck happened. I want there to be a translator, just like you have, because I would have to imagine there are probably situations where you go to an environment where you see everyone around you laughing and you're just like looking at this translator and the pacing and the tone is just different and you've got to learn to navigate that, that the inter- entertainment experience is just at a different pace. I would love it if there was one interpreter speaking your, your words, translating them from sign. Everyone else understood sign and was working at the pace that you as a performer set out to accomplish and I had to scramble to formulate it on my own terms afterwards because I want I would. I think that that would be a great experience for people to be able to, to understand in some small way. Never fully understand, but in some small way. Huh. All right. Interesting. I mean, if if you want to take on that challenge, sure. I, yeah. I'm down. I also tend <laughs> to talk shit. I also tend to talk shit like this and then never follow through. But that one would be exciting to me. That's okay. As much as I thought this was a great idea, I was like, I'm not organizing this. So <laughs> <laughs> if someone else, if someone else out there is listening. And wants to deal with setting up between uh, deaf workers and hearing workers and making this work, go for it and I'll show up. 
You know? That's cool. <laughs> now I want to get I want to get into some just like fun basic questions. I'm sure these are things you've heard a million times, but now that we're comfortable with each other, first thing, have you ever witnessed something via lip reading? from like far away or across the room where you're like, oh, I'm the only person aware of this drama unfolding. Like, have you ever seen like people whispering and breaking up in public and you're like, oh, everyone around here is just moving on with their day and I can tell this is a brutal breakup. Anything like that that you get to see. Okay, let's go ahead and pause because I'm asking if he ever uses lip reading to spy on people because I'm embarrassed by that question. What am I, a child? Am I an eight-year-old boy? Everybody's probably asked. This question eight million times. I'm missing this obvious stuff. I'm gonna feel bad, and while I'm recovering, you know what I think will help help me not feel so bad is improving my life via the products and services offered by our fine sponsors. Check them out. Support for today's show comes from Audible, presenting Where Should We Begin with Esther Perel. This original audio series takes you inside the office of the foremost authority on modern love, Esther Perel celebrated psychologist who has helmed a private practice in New York City since 1983. Esther has over three decades of experience navigating the intricacies of love and also desire. Let's not forget that. Listen, as she helps 10 anonymous couples sort through the intimate and profound details of their stories together, you might find the language you've been looking for to have conversations with the people in your own life. Got real couples candid conversation, surprising truths. You do not want to miss it. Go to audible.com slash Astaire to listen. That's audible.com slash Astaire. E-S-T-H-E-R. That is E-S-T-H-E-R. Audible and Amazon Prime members listen free. So where should we begin? Let's go ahead and uh, hear the answers to all the questions, both the ignorant one I just asked and many more thoughtful ones along the way. Like, have you ever seen, like, people whispering and breaking up in public and you're like, oh, everyone around here is just moving on with their day and I can tell this is a brutal breakup? Anything like that that you get to see? (laughs) No, I'm actually a pretty bad lip reader, even though I do use it. That's something with lip reading. That's another pet peeve people have that a lot of deaf people have is, like, expecting the lip read. I mean, we do it out of survival but I almost look at lip reading the way that you talk about how much you hate math uh <laughs> it's either you got it or you don't and I'm just one of those people so like, I don't naturally have it so no I wouldn't be skilled enough to do that but to be fair there has been times I've been out with friends and I will notice the situation going on and point it out um, because I'll be able to notice body language of like, oh shit, right there, right there. Because I rebody, <laughs> I mean, that's my world. I read body language. So, like little thing where I'm like, uh oh, it's going down. Some, I don't know what it is, but it can't be good. <laughs> Similarly, because I don't know if this is just an ignorance that comes. Ba- basically, is it <laughs> before I even ask more questions like this in my excited, giddy little shitty tone? Sorry, Sally. Like, is it? Is there often, is one of the major things that ignorant people ask you about basically comparing deaf people to spies in some way who have access to information we don't, does that get real old? Because I'm happy to just move on. I mean, yeah, it happens a lot. Like, a lot of people will be like, what are they saying? What are they saying? And the funny thing is, I don't think, I mean, again, just from my personal experience, but deaf people don't eavesdrop. That is such a fucking hearing person thing. And I think it's weird that you guys eavesdrop on each other all the time. 
Ah. And the fact that you guys like hear each other pee and poop is weird too. I think that's so weird. In like public bathrooms, oh. people always talk about, oh, I couldn't go because, you know, someone was in there to hear me. And I'm like, people listen in on that? Why? That's disgusting. Well, it's not like you have a, a choice, but it, it, I guess it, that is a nice, I guess, it, you know, you always look for the silver linings. Like you've never been in a public restroom and had to uh, deal with someone just having like a horrific diarrhea blowout next to you. You don't have to hear that. That's that's a nice silver lining. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I, I guess you don't have a choice, but yeah, that exactly is part of my civil. I have a, that's what you would put under death gains or death benefits. That's definitely a death benefit. <laughs> You don't ever have to listen to someone's body fluids moving through them. Mm. That's nice. And are, <laughs> have you have you ever been in a situation where where shared sign language with people has like has has helped? Like I'm thinking of like specifically like have you ever been in a situation that felt dangerous where you're able to like surreptitiously say to another person like, "Hey, we got to get out of here. This is something bad's happening." And you escape the situation because of a shared sign language that the other person, that the, maybe other people don't perceive that you're communicating around them. I don't know a dangerous situation. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty dirty. Like I don't, I don't put myself in situations that are very dangerous very often, but uh, I definitely used it to get out of things with someone. Absolutely. All the time. Uh, and, uh, I mean, from my, again, my experience, but, uh, I mean, a lot of deaf people are shit talkers. We're visual people. So we look around and we see what's going on and yeah, a lot of us will just use sign to like, (laughs) what the hell hell is that over there? (laughs) So if you see people signing on, I don't know, the subway bus, uh, (laughs) somewhere public, (laughs) there's, I would say there's like an 80% chance. They're talking shit about someone around you. And so if you take a, a good look, you probably can figure out what. And if not, it's probably you. Sorry. I'm sorry to say it. But like I said, we're blunt. We're blunt ass people. I don't, sorry, Sally. But, I love that. So okay. when I'm like on the times that I'm on the train, which uh, around the time that this, this deaf school has, has gotten out and there's, you know, 10, 15 deaf kids on a train car with me, you're saying there's a high percentage chance they're looking at me and going like, that dude's forehead is comically large and they're just signing that and I'm sitting in the middle of it and I have no idea. I mean, yeah, especially if <laughs> I think that, I think that school's like high schoolers or not. They're mean. That, oh, that yeah. even scares me. So if they're like high school age, hell yeah, they're trying to impress each other. So I, I guess, I, I mean, yeah, maybe you're an easy target. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I always have been, always will be. I just try to have a thick skin. <laughs> And roll with it. That's good. Do you uh, here's exactly? A, here's a, 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 a like. Here's just a basic question. And again, you can only speak for yourself. Is it easy? Like as far as different kinds of relationships in your life go, is it easier to want to have those relationships with other people who share what you're you're dealing with? Like, and I'm thinking of different things, like romantically. I would imagine like things like a doctor or a dentist, like, like there's, there's gotta be both personal and sort of like in the infrastructure of your life. Do you, do you tend to seek out other people who, who share your, your experience? Is it easier that way? Um, 
Yeah, we're we're definitely. I mean, we're all drawn to people that are similar to us. So, in some ways, yes. But I also feel like there's a lot of deaf cultural things that I don't connect to. I mean, like I'm interested in podcasts. Like, um, that's something I talk about with my hearing friends all the time. They're the ones that introduced me to what po- podcasts are, and um. So I mean, I actually have. Uh, I did. I did date a girl for a while who was hearing. She was fluent in sign, and uh, the main, the first, or main. There's a couple of reasons why we broke up, and one of the first like red alarms was we were out together. And by this point, been together, uh, let's say like around five months, and we were, you know, we were just discussing, signing, whatever it was we we were talking about. And all of a sudden, she just stopped and got really uncomfortable, and I couldn't tell what's up. Um, and we were just sitting on a bus together, and she was like, can we just not? I just don't want to right now. So we just sat in silence the rest of the way to where we are going. And once we were alone, I was like, can I talk to you now? Like, what's going on? And she admitted to me she's, like, embarrassed to sign out in public that she doesn't like being seen with this, like, disabled guy. And that just like, boom, like really hit me hard of, wow, I was like falling for this girl. And that's how you view me. Like, it's, I don't know. So in a sense, yeah, I go speak people are more similar to avoid situations like that. Um, But I don't know. I have a mix of people in my life. I mean, a lot of my family's not, uh, no one in my family is deaf except myself and my brother. Everyone else is hearing and they're not fluent in sign. Wow, you and your brother, it, it, no one else in your family. Can I ask? Was it was it a, a genetic condition or a, cir- a circumstance growing up for you and your brother? Yeah, uh, it's definitely Gene. So when he was born, he was full hearing, and then he actually lost his hearing, all his hearing when he was twelve. He got very sick, and his hearing went out. That's when we found out it's a gene that we have. Um, I mean, I thought it was easier for me because I already had hearing loss and I lost it even younger. He was like a preteen and lost it. So it was Oof. a lot rougher for him, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's just a gene that we carry with us. Um, and a lot of people have it. Uh, apparently, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I was told it's more common than you realize. But it either will affect you or won't. Like, Yeah. So. That girl you dated, that really makes my blood boil for a number of reasons. First of all, it's just mean behavior. Second of all, why would someone put in all the time to learn sign language to a point of fluency only to feel shame about interacting with people who use it? That seems like uh, you must have felt like tricked almost. Uh, Yeah. Oh, that's a whole story. That girl screwed me up for a long time. Um, Yeah, uh, I mean, she works with the deaf community. That's why she was fluent. She uses it for a job. And we met at a, a deaf charity. Um, and it was one of those I saw her across the room. And I was just like, wow, like, got to go talk to her. And we hit it off right away. Um, gave her my number. We had a date like a few days later. And it was all awesome and great, but there was, I mean, that's only the tip of the iceberg of, she also like uh, brought up that she could never bring me home because I am 
black and and she wouldn't want any of her parents or family to know. So like there was a lot of levels of how that girl just really I mean, I'm sure that other people in your life I'm sure other people have in your life had said this, but I think you're better off. I'm sure I'm not the first person to uh to note that maybe someone who is uh discriminatory towards your your uh hearing ability and also racist those are two big strikes. I don't know if we want to wait around to see what the third strike even is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was one of those stupid, like, when I look back, I'm like, I don't know why I put up even with that first moment. I should have just, like, walked in. But I don't know. When you, I felt hard for her. Like, I, I, I wasn't, like, crazy. It's not like I told her, like, I love you or something right away. But, you know, when you're seeing someone and you just have that gut feeling, this is for the long road. Like I was feeling that for her. And so it just, it was a big bombshell, but she also, once we were done, it just screwed me up in the sense that I felt like I really never knew how people actually felt about me. I became really self-conscious about how I present myself and how I look. And I noticed it affects like my death identity. Like I used to always be proud. And then I started pulling back in this uh, kind of, I don't want to use the word shameful, but in this, I just felt uncomfortable just because of all of what this one girl did to me. But uh, I'm really lucky that just saying, no, yeah, she's way out of my life. I grown from that situation. And I mean, I'm now happily with a fiance and uh, we're nice. doing great. And she's not racist or against deaf people. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, great. Yeah, it's, it's, step up. <laughs> Is your fia- is your fa- fiance um, hearing impaired as well? Uh, yeah, she's deaf. Um, by the way, I'm not saying you're arrogant. I'm just sharing because I like to inform. But saying hearing impaired is actually more insulting because it's saying there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with saying deaf. That's like oh, wow. We would rather I, that. I, I'll, I'll tell you. I was sitting here patting myself on the back the whole time, feeling like I was being very sensitive. And here I am, putting my foot in my mouth yet again with this goddamn podcast. This goddamn... All right, I'm... Okay, and I've said it about 85 times, and you've just sucked it up each time. And then with seven and a half minutes left, you're like, yo, fuck off on that. <laughs> no, I I kept debating, and I that's the thing. I didn't want to say anything at first because I was like, Nah, he's a good guy. Like he's not saying it. And I, but like, and I also was like, that's not the focus right now. I want to talk about something else. But then I was like, this is a good. I'll just put it out there. So just to the world, say say death, say hard of hearing. Those aren't offensive. The people that are that know. Um, but when you say hearing impaired, you make it sound like there's something wrong with them, and there's nothing wrong with being deaf or hard of hearing. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry about that. I had no intention of offending. I'm glad I know now that I uh I'll, I'll put that phrase in the put that phrase in the trash pile. Ugh. Yeah, no 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 need to apologize. I'm just of like I said, I'm just informing. No, like trust me, you like I mean, it's still used in like government forms and shit. Like it's not really you, it's society. I guess this goes with the, like, ignoring the deaf needs in the sense that society still has that in, in, in text, like, textbooks and research and 
um, there's lots of government for in the DID, like the Disabilities Act, like they still use hearing impaired, even though the deaf community has been very loud saying, don't do that. All right. Well, consider it done on my end. And I bet a lot of other listeners that there's a lot of there are a lot of people listening to this right now who I think are probably because uh, again I would think that the large majority of, of the people consuming this podcast are are our listeners are are people hearing it I bet there are a lot of people who just started giggling going like oh Gethard you just let you just put your foot in a pile of shit I bet there's a bunch of that right now a lot of people going I'm glad I'm not that guy so I'll say it. deaf hearing impaired. Done, out of there. Hey, I have a question. You so, um, so I know. I there. One of the things that I love about podcasts is there. I think there's a lot of podcasts focused on different communities. You know, you can find stuff for. Are are there any? Are there any equivalent? Like, are there podcasts for the deaf community? Are there are there audio podcasts, video podcasts? Is there is there like an equivalent medium? Uh, I would say the equivalent is there's a lot of like YouTubers, um, and there's different styles. There's like um, comedians, there's uh, informative types and that. So yeah, I feel like most of my podcasts uh, is more watching. I watch a lot of videos in sign. Like, I mean, there's like news in sign and stuff. So, um, but I, I mean, I can't say a hundred percent sure, but I'm like 99.9% sure. I'm probably your only deaf listener on your podcast <laughs> i'm sure you have other deaf fans like i remember watching your show and stuff and that that was awesome that was great visual <laughs> yeah i mean if there's one thing about the chris gethard show it's not always the smartest show it doesn't always make the most sense visually it's always pretty impressive i'd like to think i agree with that yeah definitely a lot of that is because when we were on public access the show was so bad and nobody really watches public access anymore so my director was like we need to make this thing look as insane as possible so people might actually stop and wonder what's going on here uh i can see that hey i mean at least you made it that far that's yeah. so impressive even if yeah. it's you know the shit show going on yeah. oh total shit show most on the of podcast, the like it's hey, something I, I don't know i liked it <laughs> Hey, I have a question. You mentioned that you you have the episodes of this show transcribed, and then you you read them back. Is that is that a service you're paying for? Uh, no, no. I uh, I got access from that. I uh, luckily no one around me at work is uh, no sign at this level, so I can say it. I actually use my work all the time to get them done um, <laughs> for me. Um, uh, and uh, honestly, the cool, uh, just so you know, there's a lot of people, uh, that work as like translators who ask me to send them their next assignment. Cause they want to do it. Cause I send them a lot of like pot, like I do a lot of podcasts, like including this one. I'll also send in like this American life, serial, um, missing and murdered which I know is making me sound like a psycho, but I just find that stuff fascinating. <laughs> Same but, um, here. Yeah. And I use a handful of people who I rotate through them uh, because they say they, I mean, think about it. They get to sit and listen to these podcasts and just type them out. And what a fun way. Cause usually what they're typing out is more like 
uh, college level, like lectures or like a work meeting being written out for some of the stuff and that. So it's on the way more fun material to work with. So I would have yay. to imagine, <laughs> is there, is there, I, w- I want to look into it. I would have to imagine that there's probably, I could probably step up and do that. I could probably be paying a transcription service on my end to, to get these episodes out there. I, th- I would like to do that. That seems like easy enough, right? I mean, if, if you're interested in doing it, sure. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, it would just take away a chore that I do once a week. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think my point would be that maybe then it could be something that extends beyond just you, a dedicated podcast um, a, a consumer, listener. I'll say listener, regardless of the fact that you're reading it. I think that that's fair. I would like to think that maybe it can go beyond just a personal favor to you and maybe that other people in a community that doesn't have access to this might now have access to it and, and feel included. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. So go for it. And if you are able to get it in written form, I promise you I will spread the word through the community for you. That would be a very Chris Gethard moment, wouldn't it? If it was like, who who's the biggest demographic that likes your podcast? Oh, actually, my podcast is huge in the deaf community. That's like all. That's a very Gethard thing to be able to say. I would love that. I would love to become the number one podcast in the deaf community. That I feel like that really fits in with my overall um, body of work. Hell yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean. It's a larger population than you probably realize, and why not? Screw it. Pays the bills, and you got fans, and that'd be awesome. I am into it. This is we have we have about a minute left, I think. If we, uh, I want to thank you. It's it's been so fun, and you know what? My favorite thing about this podcast is I have talked to so many people from so many walks of life, and it always. I know I quote Morrissey too much on this podcast. He has this quote I love, which is. There is no such thing as normal. And that's like been the most eye-opening thing about me doing this, this podcast. Every single person I talk to, totally different corners of the world, different life experiences. Everybody's just like trying to get through the day, trying to get over the heartbreaks, trying to throw down, do their thing. Yeah. It's I really mean, basically, we're all the same, really, yeah. at the end of the day. We want basically the same things. So we just go different ways of getting there. By the way, is there anything you want my interpreter to say? <laughs> yeah, no, that's on you. Let's let's spend the last 30 seconds knowing it was so nice talking to you. Thank you for filling me in. Thank you for correcting my ignorant language. Thank you for telling me what your life is like. Really a beautiful conversation. Now for the last 30 seconds, let's everyone listening understand you are no longer <laughs> speaking for yourself, but in fact, forcing a translator to say whatever pops into your head as punishment for being blackout drunk when agreeing to do this. Okay. Oh man. Now I don't even know what to make me say. I'm frustrated. Uh, fart, banana, potatoes, losing control. Shit, 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 diarrhea. Uh, fart, bananas, potatoes, shit, 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 diarrhea. <laughs> Harry, write it down. We gotta make a t-shirt. Fart, bananas, potatoes needs to be a t-shirt. <laughs> Caller, 
Thank you. So much. So much. I mean, that is a conversation that since the second I had it, it really rocked me. I kind of never stopped thinking about it. I feel so lucky. And uh, we're recording this outro weeks after the fact, and I'm still reeling from it. Call her, that, I think so many people, you know, that, that there is a chance. There is a chance. Who knows? Who knows? I don't want to make any assumptions, but who knows? You could be the only actual deaf consumer of this show. And that means that tens of thousands of the rest of us just got to hear your perspective. And, and I feel blessed. I feel lucky. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And for everybody who listens, man, I think the main thing people keep telling about why they like this show is they get to empathize with other human beings who live different lives than them. And we just got that chance in such a huge, beautiful way. Thank you, Colin. And thank you, Translator, for rolling with the punches, having so much fun with it. What a beautiful thing you do and help others. Thank you so much. Now... Very important thing. This outro is going to be a little longer. Look, you guys all heard. I was laughing really hard. That caller made that interpreter say the words fart, banana, potato. And I don't I don't think you could have nailed it more. I think those are the three words that needed to be said. And I, I mean, I was laughing about this for days. And then I started thinking, man, let's immortalize this. Fart, banana, potato. So Earwolf, there's a super talented artist on Team Aaron Nestor, designed a beautiful poster. Beautiful poster. And it, it, uh, it features those soon to be famous words, fart, banana, potato, in sign language form. It shows how to. It shows you the methods on how you can say the words fart, banana, and potato in sign language. The poster now exists. You can get it at podswag.com slash beautiful. Here's an important thing, though. I'm not making any money off of this thing, okay? That was a fun conversation. It was, it was cool. It was heartwarming to know that this guy was getting episodes transcribed. He doesn't need to be paying for that or getting anybody else. But here's what we're going to do. I'm taking all the proceeds I would normally get from merchandise, all the money that I would make from this poster, use that money. I'm going to get more episodes from our back catalog transcribed. We're going to go for it. We're going to go big. In fact, we've already got three of them that you can download in text format. Episode one, Ron Paul's Baby. That's the big one. A lot of people got started on that one. Feels like that's the first one put out there. Episode 51, Made Out With My Teacher. That got tons of people talking. Uh, I felt like that was an episode that the whole community really rallied around and said, like, wow, this is like a slice of life we never get to hear before. Those are already transcribed. The third episode you can get is the one you're listening to or perhaps reading right now. All of those transcripts are available on the show page for each episode. So you can download these transcripts. And look, these posters, we're going to sell them. And the more money that we bring in from them, again, I'm not taking any profit. The more money that comes in, the more we're just going to get transcribed. Uh, Hopefully we can go get all of our back catalog transcribed and then maybe we'll have money left over to keep going and transcribe more in the future. I feel like it's just a cool way for the community to be able to support this episode, support this idea, and walk around with a pretty specific cool piece of merch. And I'm telling you, I'm looking at a copy of the poster right now. It's big. It's cool. The colors are great. Aaron nailed it with the art. Thank you, Aaron. You can frame this thing. Good conversation piece in your uh, man cave or maybe over your dining room table if you come from a cool family. Who knows? But you check this thing out. I'm not making money on it. All the money goes towards transcribing our episodes so that any other deaf listeners um, can consume them at will and not have to jump through hoops to do so. It was eye-opening to hear from our listener. Thank you for putting that idea on the table and uh, and giving me the opportunity to uh, try to step up. So check it out, podswag.com slash beautiful. You get your official fart banana potato poster. I do just really enjoy saying it. Get your official fart banana potato poster at podswag dot com slash beautiful limited run get online get one now you're helping a good cause you're getting a cool thing so go for that in the meantime i want to thank many people jared o'connell and harry nelson always in the booth killing it and this week in particular i think really did such a great job i want to thank the reverend john delore and greta cohen who helped build this show from the ground up shell shag gives us all our music uh shell shag are beautiful people beautiful artists do support all the stuff that you do if they ever come to your town you go see them live one of the best live shows in punk rock 
Everybody, you like the show, you rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever. Whatever you're doing, do it. Get it out there. Spread word. I'm lucky I get to do this. Thank you for letting me. Thank you. I'll see you next time. Detour is an app all about not looking at your phone and instead looking at the world. They've got 150 immersive audio walks from Radiolab, Ken Burns, and more. It's like a great podcast, but it also guides you through the real world so you can check out some fascinating places. I think this is such a cool thing. Go to detour.com slash beautiful. Take one for free. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and my new podcast is LeVar Burton Reads. In each episode, I'll handpick a different piece of short fiction and read it to you. We'll dive into work from all different genres, from fantasy to mystery to comedy, and of course, my go-to science fiction. Throw in a little music, some original sound design, and each story will be a whole new adventure. In the first episode, I've chosen one of my favorite pieces called Ken by Bruce McAllister. It's a great story about a young boy who contacts an alien assassin in the hopes of saving his sister's life. Here's a sneak peek. voice asked, and the boy almost looked up. It was only a voice, mechanical, snake-like, halting, he reminded himself. By itself, it could not kill him. Uh, A man named James Ortega Mambay, the boy answered. Why? The word hissed in the stale apartment air. He is going to kill my sister. I hope you'll join me for LeVar Burton Reads. Subscribe now in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. And I'll see you next time. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.